Welcome to episode 46 of the Brown and Black Podcast. My name is Jack Rico. And I'm Mike Sargent. And every week we take a look at race and pop culture through a brown and black lens. Well, Mike, I'm halfway through getting vaccinated. Wow. <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, I'm starting to I'm starting to go through an experience of anxiety and I looked it up on the internet and guess what? It's called re-entry anxiety. And re-entry anxiety is I think what I and many more other people are starting to experience in this sort of realization that we're going to go back to normal and people don't, people didn't like what normal used to look like. So now they're having all these anxieties and I got to be honest with you, I'm part of that. I am part of that anxiety of going back to the way it was. And I'll tell you why, man, to be quite honest with you, what I don't like is people and people make these experiences sometimes horrible. So when you're at work, there's always the asshole. And this was proven by Scott Rudin in the Karen Olivo story, bullies and Harvey Weinstein's, and the world's full of them. Yes, and the world is full of good people too. But you know what? The ones that usually go all the way up the ladder are the assholes. This anxiety of going back into society is really not having to confront the arrogance, the I'm better than you, uh, you know, all of these aggressions that happen either with race or with gender or with superiority or you can't come into my party and I'm not going to give you a seat here and I'm not going to promote you. When you deal with people like that on a daily basis, Mike, all you want to do is retreat like into the pandemic, into a quarantine and never leave your cave for the rest of your life. And maybe I'm becoming a hermit, but you know what? I think I'll be a happy hermit. Well, I'll tune into your podcast, The Happy Hermit, with Jack Rico. I agree with you, but I'll go even further. I think that if you're aware, if you've been paying attention, you realize that, yeah, our way of life, what we allow to be normal is insane. America's coming back to normal. We've had 45 mass shootings in 30 days. Now, that's normal. That's America. That's where we were headed before. Within a few miles of where one black man is gunned down, another is shot. All these things tell us there's something wrong with this society. There's something wrong with this structure. And you made a point about Rudin and about people who climb to the top, who get to the top. The people who are, I'll, I'll rephrase it to say, who are in a position of power. And who's attracted to power? And then what happens when they have that power? What do they do with it? You know, are you going to be a, a Scott Rudin or are you going to be the actress that came up against him? Because she could only come up against him because she has power to. Yeah. And it's interesting because even though she she has that power, she felt that she needed to flex it. Because if you saw that five-minute video Instagram, Karen Olivo said... The silence about Scott Rudin? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. That's the easy one, y'all. <laughs> That's the monster. That should be a no-brainer. Those of you who say you're scared, what are you afraid of? Shouldn't you be more afraid of not saying something and more people getting hurt? Y'all hearing me? Come on, y'all. Humanity. We're talking about human beings, not about where your career is going to go. 
the dream of what we were going for, making art, the moment we stepped into this capitalistic structure, that went away. Now you're in the business. So now it's about humanity. What is your integrity saying that you should do? You're going to protect your pocketbook and let people go to the emergency room so you can do your next concert? Yeah, that's, that's it. I don't need to be on a stage. I need to be out here. People are more important than your pocketbook. Capitalism, you can get away with a toxic environment, an abusive environment, one that harassment and bullying is allowed. Listen, man, you know what it's like to be bullied, Mike. You've told me your stories. I've told you my stories about being bullied. So many people in this world have been bullied and they've been scarred by it. Those things stay in you and stay with you for the rest of your life. You know, later in life, you realize happiness is a choice to a large extent. But when you choose distraction over happiness, that, that's the other ill of this society. But you can't distract yourself when you're having to go into work for eight shows a day for the rest of your life. And there's a monster in that room. First of all, I've, I, I, I've gone through that at, at, at the places I've worked. There, there's always that one asshole Always one. There's always one. Minimum. Minimum one. And I kind of just don't want to go back to that anymore. Dude, I a hundred percent feel you. You know, I am I'm not I wouldn't call myself a hermit, but I have the appearance of being enormously social, but I'm I'm deep down I'm really antisocial. You know, there's a lot of evidence to say uh not that people suck, but there are a lot of people who suck. And there are a lot of sucky people out there. And there are a lot of people who use their power, whether they're a politician, whether they're a CEO, whether they're a policeman, there's somebody who's in a position of power and they abuse that power. They oh, abuse God, and they it. love it. And they and, love it. And they can't wait to go back to it. So here's my, my, you know, my view of it is that there's two groups of people. One that have understood and realized that quarantine has actually improved their lives. There's too many studies that have already come out in the last year saying how many, how, how many people love working from home. Then there's the other ones that don't like working from home. And there's a myriad of reasons. A, they never had a stable marriage to begin with and going to work was their respite. It could be that they're single and they just want to be out. They could be young and going to college and never had that experience. So they want to, you know, feel it. Uh, people might like culture and that zapping of the culture wants them to go back. But then there's also the big one, which is capitalism. is business. We got to get the economy going. You need to go out. You need to go spend. You need. You have to. Magazines, uh, assemble. Transform and assemble. Roll out. Tell all these consumers that they need to come back in. And all these consumers are starting to read every single article. It's like, sponsor, you know, come back. There's a reopening here. Uh, we'll give you a discount. Because that's the way you jumpstart an economy. And I get it. I get it. There's no society without that. But it's the labor practices, man. It's the burnouts. Uh, there's this woman at Wired Magazine, Megan Greenwell, who literally just quit because she's burnt out. And that's America. Oh, but you know, that, that, that's life. No, buddy. In Europe, they don't live like that. There's a three-hour siesta in Europe like every afternoon. You can't even get lunch. Except America. America burns you out. I, I've been burnt out. 
top to bottom, Jack, top to bottom. As a matter of fact, the, the topic you're talking about, and you've heard me say before, I truly live when, when you're in an insane in society, you have to do insane things to deal with it. A couple of weeks ago when we were, or a week ago when we were talking with little Marvin, he talked about how he has to pretend he's on the phone when a cop is approaching for a traffic stop just to, to let them know there's a witness. Now that's insane. But because you're living in an insane culture, we've normalized this insanity. I think that the Karen Olivo, Scott Rudin story best represents the toxicity that represents America. Why is it that in America, we've allowed assholes like that, monsters like that, bullies like that to dictate our work? Why is it that People defend that. And I think it's because Scott Rudin and Harvey Weinstein for a long time couldn't be touched. It's because they provide money to other people. It's that trickle-down effect. You know that if you cut Harvey's or Scott's head off, then the enablers around him don't make any money. Isn't this the same thing with Trump, the bully, and all his, you know, Republican senator cohorts, Mitch McConnell and everybody else? You have a bully that represents your agenda and your personal self-interests. You're going to support that bully. And you have imagine when you have a whole industry being fed by that bully. And hooray for Karen Olivo to actually stand up and say, I care more about the artistry and the ethics and the values in a safe working environment in the arts, as opposed to filling my pockets with money. And she called all artists that are just looking for a paycheck. She called them out. And Mike, here's my question. What if you were a poor, working, struggling artist? You got to pay the rent. They're going to evict you. Uh, you got child care support, whatever it may be. You got bills to pay. You don't give a shit about art, right, Mike? All you care about is money, right? Or, or isn't it? Like, which one is it? Well, you know, again, that's like that choice that, that a lot of people are having to make now. It reminds me of the scene in Street Smart with Morgan Freeman. Oh, I could snip off your lips. <laughs> But you've been looking where you shouldn't. So it's your eyes that need to be punished. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take an eye. Just one eye. I have to tell me which one you want me to take. The left one? And you want me to take the right one? What, left? No. No. Well, which one? I'm Just sorry. I'm more. sorry. Please. You take the left one. No. The right one. No, the left well, which one? You want to take the right? I don't know. Left. I don't know. Right? I don't you know. You want to take the right? I don't know. Left. Well, left. Left. <laughs> I had the experience. Okay, as an actor, just to, uh, using the example as an actor, I had the experience of of doing sound design for a radio drama. Uh, this is back in the day, and I got paid a good amount of money you know, to do all the sound design. And they, and they asked me to do the sound design uh, and the scoring and everything before they had recorded it, which was, is really backwards, but that's what they asked me to do. So I had to act out a bunch of it myself and pulled in a couple of friends just so I could show, hey, here's how all of this will work. And they turn around and they go, oh, hey, who's that guy? We really like him. Can we get him? And I'm like, that's me doing these voices, you know? They were paying me 
at the time something like twelve hundred dollars to do the this radio drama to the, to do this audio drama, and then as the actor, because there is no radio drama without the actors, they paid me forty dollars. There was a moment where the creator was the power, and now they just they just step on creators. They dismiss them. There's such total disregard. They treat them like sweatshop factory workers, Mike. Creators never get paid what they're deserved. And that's why when you have a Karen Olivo, that's why when you have a Taylor Swift that says, I'm going to re-record my whole album, the one that I put out when I was a little girl, but now I'm going to re-record it and you guys are going to have this new version for yourselves. Treat that like the new. Dude, we're living now in the reclamation of the creator in America. I don't know about anywhere else, but here in America, we're trying to correct a course that wasn't in favor of the creator. And I am loving it. I hope it continues like that. Well, I echo your your sentiments because I think art, that's what creates change. That's where the real power lies. They may try and commodify it like they're trying to commodify the news, but because like you said, artists eventually, if they're successful and they're making money, they're going to have the same power as a Scott Rudin. They have the Scott Rudin may have paid them in the beginning, but eventually they have enough power to bring the Scott Rudin down. Not sure if you heard about this news, Mike, but Reuters is about to create a paywall and start charging you to read its online news stories. That's outrageous. It's outrageous. And the first thing I could possibly think of is, there we go. All the information is now going to be for the 1%. There, the intellectual gap, if every single trusted source decides to go on a paywall and regular working, hardworking, working class people, even poor people that just can't afford having all of the streamers, all of the magazines, all of the newspapers, everything you read on the planet is going to be on a paywall, then, then dude, then that means I can't, I, I can't afford everything. No, then that means you, you have to, to subsist on the free stuff, which is completely biased. Exactly. And the free stuff, everybody knows we're living in the most distrusted, mistrusted uh, state of media that we've had in years and decades. Mike, I don't, I don't know. Look, I understand. Reuters is going to tell me this. Jack, you know what's going on. You, you, you've been here with us before. You understand that newspapers are shutting down all the time. You understand that local news is disappearing. You understand that media companies are consolidating and therefore monopolizing a lot of this. 
You understand that information is completely not to be trusted, especially pre and post now Trump era. Mike, things are really bad in the media business. And now more than ever, we need trusted information. If that stuff is going to be put in a paywall, what are we going to do? Dude, what are we going to do? We're going to become the, the, the intellectual divide will just become wider and wider because I, I see it as a reflection of the same way our society is built, where it's easy to eat junk. Junk is you can eat badly cheaply, but if you want to eat healthy, it's going to cost you money. So I, I think it's the, the mental and educational equivalent. I did want to get your take, though, to talking about difficult choices or what they call a Sophie's choice and, and, you know, these choices you have to make that you shouldn't have to make as an artist. I thought of Ryan Coogler, and Ryan Coogler has decided to actually shoot Black Panther 2 in Atlanta, where he shot Black Panther 1, but he was conflicted. Because we all know what's going on with what they're doing and the, and the new Jim Crow or Jim Crow 2.0, as they say in the media today, and all the voter restrictions that, that they're putting in under the guise of making things safer for things that never happened. But he's going to do it. He's going to shoot there because he said he realized in talking with all the voting rights activists down in Atlanta that, well, the people who would be working for him because he employed a lot of brown and black people, they're the ones that would be affected. These are jobs that they could get and could have. So he he doesn't want to support it, and he plans to, to you know, hype the initiatives that are f- looking to fight it. But it, it's a Sophie's choice. It's sort of like, okay, you know, just like you, you have to put food on the table. You have to, what are you going to do? You know, you have to make this difficult choice. Do you pay your people or do you take a stand? As soon as the Major League Baseball All-Star game left Georgia, all of a sudden you started noticing that all the Democrats were coming out. Actors are like, hey, hold on a second. Hold on a second, Major League Baseball. Hold on a second, Will Smith. Hold on a second, guys. So you want to say that for the last four years, we've been working hard to flip this state, Georgia, from red to blue, and then we gave you two Democratic senators as well, and you're still going to boycott us? Screw you, man. You know what? You t- Take your money and get the hell out of here. We don't need you. We don't want you. If that's what's going to happen, Mike, and you're going to kill the good guy to just slap the bad guy or to teach him a lesson, then what are you really doing? Well, there it is. It's, it's, a, it's again, it, you know... Uh, I don't think it's a black and white choice. You know, I understand on the one hand, the taxes that are earned and how it helps the coffers that. that, Same taxes uh, happen in L.A. Same taxes are happening. New Jersey just offered a 30 percent one. But why won't you go there? There are other states that you could go to. But the the point being, uh, or to your point, that those very same people who are, let's just say, being most affected by these voter reforms, as they call it, uh, are the people who would lose out on work. So what do you do? You know, there, there's a lot of eateries that are owned, that are black owned. They're, they're, what do you do? 
it's it's a tough call. I still think it's a tough call. I don't think it's easy. Like, yeah, don't don't go there. You have to take some kind of stand. You can't just go business as usual. Georgia is absolutely beautiful, and the reason Hollywood loves it so much and that love affair is Disney owns like six seven hundred acres there. Netflix has Stranger Things there. Everyone goes there because of the versatility of the landscapes. You can have an urban metropolis in downtown Atlanta. You can have the suburbs of the 80s, like in Netflix. And that's what Georgia offers you. So from what I understood, there were nearly two dozen states who had similar laws. Only two or three of them have passed. Indianapolis, I believe, passed one. But I believe they're on the books. And every Republican-controlled Senate there is doing it. They're pushing it through because they don't ever want to lose the House again. They don't ever want they, – they want to keep things, you know, back to normal. They want them to go back to the way they were and where they were headed. I have to say – I am not quite as optimistic as you. Maybe it depends on what I read that week and I see what's happening. I, I, I feel like it's clear where this country is headed, but I think there's no handbasket in sight. That's it for this 46th episode of the Brown and Black podcast. Thank you for being and listening to our show. And if you'd like to support this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Your help will allow us to be heard by many more people. This episode was edited by Joshua Tirado, and you can follow our comments and opinions on at Brown Black Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We'll talk to you next time on another episode of Brown and Black. Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro.